This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. This is the London Visited podcast on your favorite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history, and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here, or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve, and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London, and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to Bond Street. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. And now, to this week's podcast. Bond Street, in the west end of London, links Piccadilly in the south to Oxford Street in the north. Since the 18th century, the street has housed many prestigious and upmarket fashion retailers. The southern section is Old Bond Street, and the longer northern section, New Bond Street, a distinction not generally made in everyday usage. The street was built on the fields surrounding Clarendon House on Piccadilly, which were developed by Sir Thomas Bond. It was built up in the 1720s, and by the end of the 18th century, was a popular place for the upper-class residents of Mayfair to socialise. Prestigious or expensive shops were established along the street, but it declined as a centre of social activity in the 19th century. Although it held its reputation as a fashionable place for retail, and its home to auction houses Sotheby's and Bonhams, formerly Phillips, and the department store Phoenix and the jeweller Tiffany's. It is one of the most expensive and sought-after strips of real estate in Europe. Bond Street is the only street that links Oxford Street and Piccadilly. Old Bond Street is at the southern end, between Piccadilly and Burlington Gardens. The northern section, New Bond Street, extends to Oxford Street. The entire street is around half a mile, 0.8 kilometres long. Many shop frontages are less than 20 feet, 6 metres wide. The nearest tube stations are Green Park in Piccadilly and Bond Street Station in Oxford Street. Bond Street Station does not directly connect either New or Bond Street. No buses use the street, although the C2 service crosses New Bond Street. There is evidence of Roman settlement around what is now Bond Street. In 1894, a culvert made from brick and stone was discovered in the area. The street was named after Sir Thomas Bond, the head of a syndicate of developers who purchased a Piccadilly mansion called Clarendon House. From Christopher Monarch, 2nd Duke of Albemarle, in 1686, and proceeded to demolish the house and develop the area. At that time, the house backed onto open fields, known as Albemarle Ground, and the development of the estates in Mayfair had just begun. New Bond Street was laid out during the second phase of construction, 14 years after Bond's syndicate began developing the area. Most of the building along the street occurred in the 1720s, on what was then the Conduit Mead Estate. John Rock's map of London, published in 1746, shows properties along the entire length of Bond Street, including the fully constructed side streets. The two parts of the street have always had separate names, and a plan by the council to merge the two into a singular Bond Street in the 1920s was rejected by locals. During the 18th century, the street began to be popular with the bourgeoisie living around Mayfair. Shop owners let out their upper stories for residential purposes, attracting lodgers such as Jonathan Swift, George Selwyn, William Pitt the Older, and Lawrence Stern. In 1784, Georgina Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire, an active socialite, demanded that people boycott Covent Garden, 
as its residents had voted against the Whig Member of Parliament, Charles James Fox. This had caused him to lose his seat in Parliament, leading to the dissolution of the Fox North Coalition. She insisted people should look for nearer shopping streets and encourage people to go to Bond Street. Consequently, the street became a retail area for people living in Mayfair. By the end of the century, an upper-class social group known as the Bond Street Loungers had appeared, wearing expensive wigs and parading up and down the street in a pretentious manner. Lord Nelson stayed at temporary lodgings in New Bond Street between 1797 and 1798, as did his mistress, Emma Lady Hamilton, between 1811 and 1813. Thomas Pitt, 2nd Baron of Camelford, lived in Bond Street and was unhappy about the presence of Bond Street loungers. Already notorious for a violent and abusive temper, on the 7th of October 1801, he refused invitations to join celebrations of peace between France and Britain, which led to the Treaty of Amiens, resulting in an altercation with several loungers at his doorstep. Camelford retreated upstairs and fired upon the crowd with a pistol. During the 19th century, Bond Street became less known for its social atmosphere, but increased its reputation as a street for luxury shopping. The auctioneer Phillips was established in 1796 at number 101 Bond Street, specialising in stringed instruments and sheet music. The jewellers Asprey originally opened in 1830 at numbers 165 to 169 New Bond Street. Opposite Asprey was the luxury luggage and trunk maker Finnegan's, originally established in Manchester in 1830. The House of Finnegan's opened their New Bond Street shop in 1879. The Jewish practice of Kabbalah has been associated with the street after former East End trader Sarah Levinson opened a shop on number 50 New Bond Street in 1856, which immediately became profitable, albeit though exaggerated, and questionable product claims. Levinson was twice taken to court and prosecuted for fraud, each prosecution resulting in a five-year prison sentence. She died midway through the second. Nevertheless, the practice regained popularity and a Kabbalah centre remains on the street. The Royal Arcade links Old Bond Street with Albemarle Street. It was originally proposed in 1864 as a longer link between Old Bond Street and Regent Street, but this plan was rejected because of the scale of the proposed demolition and reduced access to existing properties. It was subsequently redesigned in its current layout, opening in 1879 and replacing the Clarendon Hotel, which had been demolished in 1870. The Grosvenor Gallery opened on New Bond Street in 1877 by Sir Courts Lindsay. It cost over £100,000 to build and included a restaurant and library downstairs and two exhibition rooms upstairs. A negative review by John Ruskin of Exhibits by James McNeil Whistler led to Whistler suing Ruskin for libel, winning a farthing in compensation. This case was satirised in Gilbert and Sullivan's Patience with the line, Green Gallery, Grosvenor Gallery. The street has maintained its reputation for luxury shopping into the 21st century and has on occasion been regarded as the best retail location in Europe. In 2011, Bloomberg News reported that New Bond Street was the most expensive retail street in Europe, after the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Though, the street has many times suffered from armed robbery, as robbers are attracted to the high value of the goods. The Graf Diamonds robbery in Bond Street in 2009 resulted in an estimated loss of £40 million. According to Westminster City Council, Bond Street has the highest density of horticulture stores anywhere in the world, attracting the rich, the famous and the simply curious. The entire length of Bond Street has been part of the Mayfair Conservation Area, controlled by Westminster City Council since 1969. Building alterations and constructions 
are tightly controlled to ensure the street's appearance and upkeep are unaltered. Many buildings are listed. The council regulates the style and materials used on shopfront advertising. At one time, Bond Street was best known for top-end art dealers and antique shops that were clustered around the London office of Sotheby's Auction House, which has been at numbers 34 to 35 Bond Street since 1917, and the Fine Arts Society, founded in 1876. The sculpture over the entrance to Sotheby's is from ancient Egypt and is believed to date from around 1600 BC. It is the oldest outdoor sculpture in London. Some dealers and antique shops remain, but others are fashion boutiques or branches of global designer brands. The street still has a reputation as a fashionable place for shopping, including the flagship stores of Ralph Lauren and Cartier. Fenwick have had a department store on Bond Street since 1891. The Phillips building at number 101 is still used for auctions. The company was bought in 2001 by Bonhams, who spent £30 million expanding and refurbishing the premises. In 2015, Valentina announced plans to build a new flagship store on Old Bond Street. The street features allies, a statue of Winston Churchill and Franklin D. Roosevelt, who are portrayed sitting in conversation on a park bench. The statue, popular with tourists, was erected by the Bond Street Association to commemorate 50 years since the end of World War II. It was unveiled in May 1995 by Princess Margaret. The construction of the Crossrail project, part of which runs between Bond Street and Tottenham Court Road stations, involved the demolition of property in nearby Hanover Square, some of which backed onto New Bond Street. This affected numbers 64 to 72, which required refurbishment. Bond Street is also a square on the British Monopoly board and is also the most expensive of the green-coloured set that also includes Regent and Oxford Streets. The three streets are grouped together because of their shared retail history. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at Bond Street, or should I say, Old and New Bond Street. Split, partly, but mainly New Bond Street. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places that you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk. It really is that easy. Thanks for listening and really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.